Welcome back to the Age Gap Realness Podcast. How you doing today, B? I'm doing great. Big B. Big B. B D. You know, I actually don't like when people call you B D. I love it. Really? Yeah, people have been calling me B D for years. How are we doing over there? What are you doing, Will? No, I like to call. Oh. oh shit! <laughs> we, thought, we lost audio. <laughs> we thought we thought the whole we episode so had to be started over. over. Oh, people no. have been calling me BD for years. I just there's something about it. To me, you are such a soft person. You're like I I see this certain side of you that BD to me sounds very like harsh and businessy and and I like Brandon like you're Brandon. They used to announce when I come up to speak. At all our events, they say, BD's in the house. Yeah, exactly. Like that voice just entirely <laughs> makes my point. Said I, uh, I did that for you. For me? BD. What's happening, BD? Do you like any nicknames for me? Oh, I have all sorts of Answer nicknames this wisely. for you. <laughs> like what? What does that even mean? Uh, I'm just teasing. Oh, okay. um, I don't know what you're, are you, was that supposed to be sexual? What was that? No. I would never do anything sexual on this. This is not a, a rated show. What? Rated. You know, like TV movies that are rated. Rated R, rated PG. Uh-huh. This isn't a rated show? No. So, therefore, I would never do anything that would cause it to be a rated show. So, I call you things like Sweetie Pie, Poopsie Doo. That's a new one. Keep going. <laughs> um, I call you... Uh, sweetie pie. Did I say that already? Oh, yeah, I think you did. Oh, you. The, I've never heard you call me either of those two names. <laughs> well, you just put me on the spot, and I'm nervous because I'm still. Why are sleep- you nervous? I'm still sleepy. I'm still sleepy, and I'm not thinking on my toes. Okay. All right. So, what are we talking about today? Your dad calls you Nit Nat, which mm, I think is. I don't love Nit Nat. Na- my mom calls me Nit Nat. My yeah. dad calls me. That calls me Deuce, which I yeah I don't even know where that comes from. Hate. Every time he says "Hey Deuce," I'm like, "What, what does and that even like, mean?" Deucey is sometimes thrown in there. I don't Ugh. know what any of that means. We're gonna have really to ask your dad. I don't know where it all came from. We should probably get my dad back on the show. Ask him. Like, why would you call your daughter Deuce? Well, <laughs> you're you're the first one that ever pointed out that that's like poop. Yeah, that, that's what guys would say in the locker room. Hey, I gotta go take a deuce. <laughs> I don't know why anybody calls daughter deuce. I like. I remember my my dad's eyes when he heard you say that when you questioned him the first time, and he was just blown away that the nickname for his daughter that he's been using for twenty five plus years was. A well, let's for see. Poop. How did it get there? So number two would be a potty. A uh, poo would be a potty, and deuce is number two. <laughs> so, so that's what guys say. I gotta take a deuce. So when your dad's saying, "Hey, deuce, come over here, deuce," this hey, is deuce. this is digressing. This is not where I thought <laughs> I the show was gonna go today. Anyhow, I call you sweet names like lover pie, lover bug. Never heard that one. Sweetie I've heard poo, lover bug. Sweet. Never poo. heard sweetie poo. You call me poo bear. Poo bear. You call me yeah. pookie. Pookie. You call me boo boo. Boo boo. Pookie. I like. Pookie. I like Pookie. You hated Pookie at first. I know, but but after hearing your dad call you Deuce, I thought Pookie was sweet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What Uh, are we talking about on the podcast today? Do you remember? uh, No, this is, I'm a guest on your show. But you don't remember what we're talking about? What are we talking about? Okay. Today on the podcast, we are talking about 
why your 20s matter. And I've been reading this book recently that has a whole bunch of information about what matters in your 20s and why when you're in your 20s, you need to make the most of that time because later in life, if you don't get your shit together in your 20s, you're like you're likely not going to get your shit together later. Like you're going to set a pattern of behavior and yet people tend to think that the 20s age is just this free era to be able to do whatever you want because the expectations of getting married, having kids has all been pushed back uh, later than previous generations have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see it. I've, building Oddergy, almost all my executives came to me straight out of school. Mm-hmm. And the filtering mechanism to find people who are serious and dedicated and intentional when they're in their early 20s, because that's what I was like. So mm-hmm. I left and started my own business when I was 26. Mm-hmm. And, and I, f- I feel like I pulled two or three cycles in your life forward because I started so early and I was always serious about everything I did. And so I looked for that characteristic. You pulled two cycles in my life forward or your no, life forward? Mine. Oh, oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, so one of the statistics I was reading this book says that 80% of life's most defining moments happen by the time you turn 30. Isn't that crazy? 80% of life's defining moments. Like you have picked your spouse. You have picked your career track. You've picked your friends. You know whether or not you're having kids or not. You've bought a home. All of those defining moments that keep you stuck someplace, either a good place or a bad place, happen by the time you turn 30. Yeah. And yet- what sort of action or impetus are we placing on the decade of 20 to 30 right now? Like very little as a society. We're not, it, it, economics, everything has changed in our system to where we allow that time to be for partying and for figuring out what we want to do and for traveling the world, which none of those things in small doses are bad. But if we take the whole pressure off of figuring things out and really pushing forward with your different connections and what your opportunities are and you push that off until 30 you've already defined your short period of time that matter by doing things that don't matter yeah if you put like if you put things in cycles right zero to 10 years old 10 to 20 20 to 30 30 to 40 40 to 50 and you and you plot backwards the kind of accomplishments people make in their lifetime Mm -hmm. right i mean most people don't become an executive in a company until they're in their mid 40s right um, or they found their first company when they're 50 because the kids are out of home and they're able to have some freed up money and now they're willing to pursue their dreams, right? Do you know small businesses are twice as likely to be successful if the founder is in their 60s? Probably because of the maturity or the experiences of mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad thing to start a business when you're in your 20s, but I thought it's interesting to know that it's as you get older, it is more likely that your business is going to be well, successful you because statist- you have the experience. You take the you take the statistics of how many businesses fail. Mm-hmm. What is it, seventy six percent? Maybe by the time you're sixty, you failed statistically three or four or five times, and you so figured out how to make it work. You're, you're in the successful bucket. <laughs> well, what was the statistic we heard yesterday uh, when it comes to people who are people who own their own business or pe- people who go from being employed? that move into owning their own business, on average, make $20,000 less, less working for themselves than they would in their corporate jobs. Yeah, And yet there's this big push to own your own business and be an entrepreneur, which I I believe in. I'm like all for the entrepreneur. However- But solopreneurs is most of them, right? Because isn't that same statistic, like 64% of all businesses only have one employee, <laughs> it's the founder. Right. 
Yeah, the solopreneur. Yeah. Where are we going with this? I've like kind of lost my train of thought. You had some points you're making on your. On no, which... but the, with the conversation, I know what my points are on my computer. Oh. What were the points on your computer? Well, I'm not ready for the next point yet on the computer. Yeah, what I'm was just, the first point, though? I, I feel like it'll... I do a really good job of tying like I'm the loose ends to understand. of your thoughts. I'm trying to help you. Ask me a question. I, I don't remember. Why either. are we so talking I'm... about business owners? Oh, oh, for starting a business when you're in your 20s. This, just, just for your viewers, I want them to understand. Hmm. I deal with this all the time. It must be really, really tough dealing with me. Well, especially if you're it ADD like me, because I can't be actually horrible. remember what we were talking about. We just like meander around the the walking around talking, and then like lose where we were at, what we were talking about. I just don't know how we do it. On a scale of one to ten, oh, this is a good this is a good thing that we've been doing recently. So I ask Brandon all the time, like a couple times a day. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you love me? Like I just throw this out there at any given moment in time. We're walking through TSA. I say ten. Ten. He always says ten. ten. He'll never tell me he loves me more than ten. Ten. Well, on a scale of one to ten. Ten. So and then, then last week I decided to ask Brandon, on a scale of one to ten, how cute are you? I said I'm he a twelve. He gives himself a freaking twelve. <laughs> and she said, How can you rank your cuteness higher than how much you love me? She trapped me. It was it was she set me up for this. I just set him up for it. Oh, and now, and really now, smart girl and now, how much do you tell me you love me? What's the 12, number? Fourteen. You tell. Well, 18. you've been telling me thirteen, fourteen, eighteen. Well, I I'm love you more than I think I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> Although I just made that up to try to be funny, but you didn't think it was funny. That you were more cute than your love for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I calibrated. I, I recalibrated. Hey, boys, listen, boys. When you make a dumb statement, recalibrate. That was a nice little wink. All right, moving on. I still don't know where I was going originally. I don't know either. You've lost me too. I really want to get it back, but it's just like. Do you well, ever what have was those... your first bullet point? The first, the first bullet point was that eighty percent of life's most defining moments oh, happen yeah, before yeah, the okay. age of. So you're talking about your twenties. You're talking about yeah. Why your twenties matter? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I can't remember why the business thing was. Because you said you'd brought up thirties. You said like eighty percent of life's defining, eighty percent of life's defining moments happen before you're 30 and then you said then you just threw out there did you know that business owners that are over the age of 60 are more successful and that sent us down the road oh yeah yeah yeah. But so is that a back. case for not for not building a business in your 20s i think it's a case for getting yourself out there and getting experience in order think, for you to be able to know how to how to start a business if you're looking to go down the entrepreneurial route i think your point is you're likely going to be more the, successful the people in your 20s that aren't focused and aren't intentful and aren't like serious um, they probably should stay being somebody else's employee <laughs> and not try to be a sole opener because if they're not going to be dedicated and serious, they will fail. Mm. And then if they're half-assing it in somebody's business, they're actually setting the reference points in their minds to be a half-asser. It's funny. Over the last few years, I've had a number of people that I went to school with, whether it was high school or college, that have reached out to me now saying that they're in XYZ business. They're... In the uh, realty space, did I say that right? Real estate space. Real estate, if yeah. you're a realtor, is it? Well, you could be. You could do lots is of different realty things. Is realty a word? A, realty. Yeah. Is that a word? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, that they're they're in these different spaces and they're reaching out because they want to get connected. And I think to myself, when we were in school, you were the least serious. You never spent time doing the things that 
were important to me. Like you never ingratiated me while we were in school, but now all of a sudden you're wanting to connect and you didn't set the proper reference points to begin with when you like had the chance to really have a good first impression or a good lasting impression. So why, like you have to convince me, you have an uphill battle to to fight with me in order for me to want to give you my business, for me to want to give you my time, my my any of my energy. And I think it's interesting how you don't think about that when you're necessarily in high school or when you're in college or those early years while you're still figuring things out. However, those those moments were you the crazy partier that was just like super funny and, and not very serious. And now you're s- switching into a business role. Yeah. As an investment advisor. And they're wanting right, to know exactly. if you want to invest your money. And you're like, them. no, I, I, why would <laughs> I, I do that? That doesn't make any sense. People I'm telling you, I've, I've watched it my whole career. People come in and they, you know, your, your reputation builds on each moment of their time. And, and that and, starts when you're young, that starts when you're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, like that, that reputation carries with you. And if you're a serious person, that's why a lot of athletes, people like hiring athletes because they're committed and they're dedicated to something. Mm -hmm. They're, they're willing to go all in and sacrifice and, or people that come out of the military. I mean, it takes a lot of commitment, dedication and and internal fortitude to, to do stuff like that. Um, And that discipline is very attractive Mm -hmm. to people that are wanting to hire people that are dependable, Mm -hmm. right? Because in their young years, they didn't have the distractions or they didn't partake in the activities that could have derailed their decision-making process to set themselves up for great second, third, fourth impressions to actually do business with somebody. I think you should have, I, I think people should have fun in life. I think they should uh, embrace moments and have a great time. I don't know but that you really think that. No, I absolutely. I, I Look how much time I've gone to the Ferrari racetracks. I've gone to. I I've guess done, your definition. Yeah, I, maybe we should define fun. Like, well, I was never a partier. Right. That's what you mean. Like, right. I don't, I don't. Like, I, you, you've never been a drug person. You've never abused alcohol. No. Like, it, no. I've, some people's fun is different than you. Like, yeah, going so, in like a boys, like, shooting. I don't even know yeah, what you so guys maybe, do. Maybe, maybe we should define, yeah, maybe we should define <laughs> what I define as fun. But, um, yeah, I was never a drinker. I was never, a, a, never done drugs. As I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I was never a partier, right. per se. Um, but I've had, amazing experiences my whole life, even as a young guy, but it was doing different kinds of things. But I do think that once you, once you set a standard for yourself, your own confidence level and your own self, and once you groove bad habits and once people around you see those bad habits and, uh, you know, you become less and less dependable to others and to yourself. So I think starting early, being serious, and it's not like you can't undo something. Like it's not like if you've totally screwed up your twenties, you'll never make anything of yourself, and it's all downhill from here. However, if you're in your twenties and you can make good decisions now, you won't have to work so hard to become the successful person that you're trying to be when you're in your thirties, forties, and fifties. Like you can have a leg up, and you can be learning the things you need to learn, and you can be stretching yourselves and surrounding yourselves with yourself with the right people and ideas now, not wasting it by setting yourself back, like use it and propel yourself forward. Yeah, Don't make is, it harder on yourself. This isn't just people who party and do stuff. You're, no. you're talking about just like how many people, people who are just non-committal or working well, how many in people jobs have we set, set How many people have we sat at a table with and they just gossip about other people and you walk away from that table and you say to yourself, I have zero confidence that they're not saying something shitty about us right now. And even that kind of stuff, like, like 
what do you want? Here's here's the question I would ask. I've asked a hundred of the people I've hired that are young. Mm-hmm. When when you come into a room and when you leave a room, mm-hmm. what do you want people to think and say about you? Because you're in control of that. So how you present yourself and how you exit yourself. Can I tie this into the age gap stuff for a second? Because sure. you and I had a great conversation about this last night. Uh, you and I were was late and we were talking about our decision to be together. And I brought up the idea that one of the reasons that we initially thought we didn't want to be together is because both of us are very legitimate people. You have had so many experiences in your life. You are a legitimate business person. You know how to help people and inspire them and lead them and grow them. And when we were first dating, I was valedictorian of my high school class. Like I had had everything going for me in order to create this life that was going to be impactful and amazing. And the reason that we question initially why we should be together is the optics of if we are legitimate people, this does not look legitimate. The age gap makes it look like we're a little sleazy or that there's like something wrong. Yeah, and and when yeah. you when you make those decisions when you're younger, you can't necessarily control what people think about you after you leave a room. Like you you have little control over that. But what you can do is you can show up and have conversations and engage in such a way that is consistent with how legitimate or not legitimate you are as a person. Well, oh, that's what that was my point. Is you can't control what anybody thinks or says because their thinking is relative to their belief structure, and if they've got a jacked up belief structure, someone that's judgmental or criticizes others because they're highly insecure and they don't have anything to talk about about themselves, mm-hmm. so they're going to sit and talk about you, right? right? But you can choose how you want to walk in that room, and I think that's what you and I made the decision that when we walk in the room, we don't want people looking at us like we're flighty or like mm-hmm. we're we're you know just you know so self indulged. We want people to be able to look at us and go. Ah, okay. There's an age difference, but they're kind. They're they're engaged. And they're I think intelligent. The, the more rooms we step into, the less uh, the less I'm actually concerned about people seeing an age difference. And maybe it's just that we're in different rooms than we used to be. But I don't I don't see that people perceive that as strongly as they used to, or as you, as I used to think people did. I think my my phone's probably ringing that right might now. Be mine too. Well, we're just going to have to stick it out, and whoever it is is going to wait patiently for a call back. Whoever it is is going to get beaten with the broom from Will when this show's over. I think that was mine, Will, if you want to turn it off on the side. I thought it was off. Interrupting this very important podcast for an announcement. What is your announcement? Brandon Dawson loves Natalie Wood. Aww. And the crowd goes crazy. Okay, so the last point I want to make is when it comes to why your 20s matter, uh, this book that I've been reading quotes that in the first 10 years of your career, you have an exponential impact on your income for your lifetime. Like, think about that. The first 10 years of your career has an exponential impact on the income that you're going to make in your lifetime. How many people 
look at the first 10 years of their career and, and, and think about that. Yeah, because they no one's ever talk, taught them or talked no. about money. Look, I think- a People case, say that you need to figure it out later. I think of Cody to, Kern, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody came from no money. He rented a little tiny apartment somewhere in Miami and decided to start his own business. He, by discipline, puts a percentage of his earnings every quarter into Cardone Capital. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's his it, it's his investment in his future. He's already got hundreds of thousands of dollars in there. If he just keeps doing what he's doing, by the time he's actually thirty, because I think he's like mid twenties, by the time he's actually thirty, the kid's gonna be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And and he also is building a great business. But that's his choice, right? Mm-hmm. And he came from nothing, and he's grinding his way up, and he's lived in rooms with four or five people in order to put himself in that position. And and you think how when you meet people like that, and you see how serious they are. Or Casey Adams, and you see these young people, he's 18. You see how serious and dedicated they are? You want to help them. And they're setting the discipline in place for the rest of their life. Right. And you got the power of money working for you. If you put the earlier you put money away that it's making money, then the more it compounds in the future. So, you know, understanding money and how it works and not wasting 10 years just screwing around. And, you know, that, but that you and I both feel that way. That's why we are where we're at right now. That's why we attracted to each other. You remind me of when I was young. I was serious. I was dedicated. I was committed. I was focused. And that's a qual. Those are qualities that I attracted to you with. That's why I love you. On a scale of one to ten, how much? Twelve. Twelve. Your your twelve is a cuteness. That's your cuteness scale. Oh, sorry, th- uh, fourteen. Thirteen's oh. a lucky number. I think so. it should be like seventy-seven or something. That's my I'm lucky number. I know it is. All right, so in order to wrap up why your 20s matter, uh, 80% of life's most defining moments happens between the time you turn 20 and 30, and the income potential that you have is set during those years. So, you know, you you can, you can't mess it all up. There's at no point, I, I'm a fundamental believer that at any point in time, any point in your life, you can make a huge dynamic change that shifts the entire outcome of what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're saying every single day and what your ultimate legacy is. However, if you're in your 20s, like think about your 20s as this precious time that you have, very limited time to put yourself in a position to be able to really maximize and get a leg up, get an advantage over everybody else who's who's not thinking about how important that time is and how critical it is for your overall development and, and what you're gonna be doing and the people you're gonna be spending time with in your future. I have one question for you. What? When you were like 20, 21, what was the one thing, like when you would lay in bed at night or when you would be just meditating or thinking or listening to music, Mm -hmm. what was the one most impressionable thought you would have about what your future would look like, what you would be doing? How old was I? Just I, whenever, I like early 20s, question. like 19, 20, 21. Just like what, when you saw your future self, what, how did you see yourself? I didn't see a relationship. I didn't see getting married until my 30s. Yeah, you've always said that. So That's why we're not. But what, what, what did you, I'm answering you the picture? question. I'm answering the question. I'm telling oh. you what I didn't. Well, I didn't ask you what you didn't want. I asked what the one thing that you saw yourself as. You don't get to micromanage. I know that I you're new. The question. I know you're new to this whole question asking thing, but you don't get to micromanage how I do or don't answer the question well, you once you should answer the question. I, that was my question. 
I am answering the question. You're driving me nuts right now. Let I me answer you all the, the question. You don't want to be. I asked you what the one thing that you would sit and think about. You would want to be. I always dreamed about running a nonprofit ever since I was yeah. in my very early 20s. And that was the original conversation that I had with you yeah. about being able to run a nonprofit. And you very quickly changed my perspective from starting a nonprofit where I'm fundraising to starting a nonprofit with also a business that supports it and funds it so that it is self-sustaining and self-generating. But in my early 20s, I always imagined what it would be like to walk into the building where the team members were and being able to coordinate volunteer efforts, but also having that work really make a lasting impact. It wasn't just for the sake of money, although I've I've become more of an advocate of the importance of money and making money and understand that, but it, it, it always has had to have some very specific end in mind that, that really changes people's lives. And a lot of that decision is based off of the fact that I don't want to have kids, which is where I started with this, is because I, I never imagined having children, There's I put so much more pressure on my thought process and where I spend my time and what I'm creating into because I want to be able to impact people in a way that most people and most women end up impacting people through their children. Like I, I, I need to figure out a way to do that on a on a different scale in a different way. And it's always been through through and nonprofit work. This is exactly the conversation I think when you were young where I realized she this 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 conversation is when I first realized this person's gonna do something. Mm-hmm. Because You've never changed that dialogue. That's what you wanted to do. I think you probably were 20 years old when you were articulating that. And what I said to you is, do you want to be beholden to people that you have to raise money from? Or do you want to build a big enough business that you can fund your passion and your joy and not be beholden to anybody? Because no great foundation or charity was built without money. Mm-hmm. So your choice is, and, and so you made the choice, I'm going to go build a business so I can fund my future uh, passion. And and and. I think this was an important thing because I, f- I thought you were going to say that. That's what I was hoping you would say. But we haven't had this conversation. But everything you've been pursuing since that conversation is how do I create a system that will monetize my ability to do the one thing that I've always wanted to do? Mm-hmm. That in by itself is a seriousness that that I think people should think about in their early 20s because you have been on this pursuit of, pers- of that of gained six or seven skill sets in order to be able to, to eventually build into that. And, that. and you still want to do the same thing you wanted to do then, 100%. but you're, you're, you want to be in control of your destiny. Yeah, it's been more focused around how do I create an economic model in order to be able to ultimately pursue what my end goal has always been instead of just starting with the end goal of a nonprofit that has to raise money. Yeah, yeah, that's great. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you love me? Of 77. Nice. Okay, he's finally learning. There is hope, people. There is hope. You can. Hey, newsflash. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Oh, you're not that old. You're not that old. All right, until next week, you guys, make it a good one. Thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome.